From the paranormal, supernatural, the unexplained, small town lore, unsolved mysteries, and really just anything creepy and odd, it's all topic of conversation for a Central Kentucky husband and wife duo, Jerry and Tracy Pauley, host of the super popular Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast, where every episode, they take a deep dive into a world that for most of us would only give us nightmares. From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpott. Hello, everyone. It's been a few weeks since I've been here with you on Uniquely Kentucky. I was away on what I would consider a trip of a lifetime. I was able to travel to Hawaii and host a WKYT trip with some of our viewers. We took in the sights and sounds of three incredibly beautiful islands there. If you've never been, I hope that you make it a bucket list item. I hope and pray that you get a chance to go and see all of God's beauty on display because, man, it was incredible. So I tried to take as many pictures as I could. So if you go look me up on Instagram or Facebook, I have bombarded both of those feeds with pictures. So go check it out. It'll make you feel like you're in the Hawaiian Islands while we're here in Kentucky fall. But now back to Uniquely Kentucky. We've got some guests coming in. I've been holding these people until right around Halloween because it was very appropriate. We are on the heels of Halloween, that spooky holiday where ghosts and goblins and of course scary stories take center stage. My guests today, they are pretty well schooled in that area. They host their own podcast. So take a listen. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 169 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. All right, as far as this week's show, it's the Halloween season, and I wanted to try to think of a topic that we haven't touched on much, and I ran across a story about a car that was the inspiration for the movie Christine. Uh, That movie freaked me out. They are the host of the wildly popular Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast. It's produced right here in Lexington. Please welcome the host, Jerry, and his wife, Tracy, the Paulies. Guys, welcome. How are you? Good. Thank you for having us. Yes, we greatly appreciate it. And we don't mind you holding on to us, but you could have at least fed us during that, you know, three <laughs> months we've been in the studio. I did get some uh, some uh, pineapple. Um, I could go. feed you in pineapple. It's <laughs> about all I got, right? Sounds I'm on a, wonderful. I'm on a pineapple kick after Hawaii. Oh, I bet. Guys, I found you because you all sought out our Bill Bryant to give him Mm -hmm. a business card. And I held on to it. I'd researched you, but I thought, I've got to hold on to them uh, closer to Halloween. Here we are. Time flies. Did you guys ever think that you would be hosting a podcast, A, together, and that it would be so darn popular? No, not at all. You know, you hope... But you know, I tell people, there's all kinds of people that come to us say, hey, I want to start a podcast. Can you give us advice? And the first thing that I tell them is if you're doing it to make money, you're probably not going to. Less than 1% of podcasters out of 2 million podcasts out there make money. And the reality of it is that's not the reason to do it. You do it because you have a passion for whatever it is you want to podcast about. And if you're doing it because you don't care how many listeners you get, you just want to have fun and it's a good hobby, then by all means do it. If you're doing it for any other reason, 
prepare to be disappointed for the most part. So let's talk about, uh, folks have never listened, what you cover, because it's a wide range of topics of what you kind of, and it doesn't mean that it's just necessarily Kentucky stories or uh, Kentucky folklore, things like that. You look at all kinds of stories and things, right? Right. When we started out, the, the Hillbilly Horror Stories name came with the intention that we were going to just do stories from the South. The South alone has so many stories from, you know, everything from like cryptids like the Florida skunk ape to all the different Myrtle's plantation in, in Louisiana. But there's just so many different places and things that we thought, you know what, we'll run out of, never run out of, of, of topics and this will be a fun thing. And as we started doing this show, of course, I started off with a different host and the show was completely different for about 10, 11 episodes. It was a little more crude humor. We have switched to a family oriented show for the most part, which lies to success. But we started just in, in the first three, four, five weeks, we had people, hey, do this story, and you should do this story, and you should do this story. And then we realized really quickly we could stay true to our roots and just do the Southern, or we could branch out and go all over the world. And we had listeners all over the world, so it only made sense to do that. So we, we learned quick we needed to branch out. <laughs> Tracy, you were not original to this show, but um, after listening myself, I kind of go, wow, you you steal the show sometimes. Aww, thank I don't know if you think that, but I think I you do. Think <laughs> but thank you for saying so. Um, yeah, it was just total uh, accident that I started. Um, Ricky was sick one day, and he's like, you're going to have to fill in. And I'm like, I don't know anything about the stories. I don't know, like, anything. And he goes, just let me tell the story, and you just chime in. And basically, that's what I do. So when you guys hear these stories, I really don't know what the story's about. <laughs> I think that's what makes it authentic because you can tell that you, Jerry, have really researched, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not going to say that you're naive to these stories, Mm -hmm. but just you totally reacting to Mm -hmm. them is wonderful. I mean, I feel like it's like me listening to it going, okay, I would have the same reaction. I would go like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, it seems to be working out pretty well. So So where does this passion come from for horror stories and uh, mysteries, things like that? Where does that come from for you guys? For me, I grew up up in a haunted house and I've had experiences from the time I was 13 years old some were just the result of a haunted house and then since then there's been things that I think were more personally related Uh, so through all that I've always just had a a fascination with the paranormal and you know and I'm 51 now so we're we're going back through a lot of years if that started back when I was 13. Yeah talk to me about that you know not everybody gets to say they lived in a haunted house. Well we we I don't know that the house was haunted. Let me let's start off by mm-hmm. saying this may be more of a uh, my mother's personal issue, but we moved into this house when I was 13. We'd lived there for about two months. This was in Louisville, Kentucky. And about that time, my great-grandfather passed away, who was, my mom was so attached to this this gentleman that's who raised her. And when he passed, it completely changed her life. Mm-hmm. She went from this totally outgoing person to always sick, really depressed. It just literally changed her life. And one night we were sitting there about a couple months after we moved in, we hadn't had any kind of experiences. And she was sitting there watching one of these uh, prayer television shows. It was like 700 Club PTO. I don't remember which one. And I remember she's trying to get, it's like a prayer line that they had. And she's just talking to him. She's on hold. Now, to paint the picture of you, we were sitting in our living room. Her, her and myself were the only ones in the room. And on the 
television set. We had, of course, one of the big console televisions that people would have had 35 years ago. And on the top of this TV was some house numbers that were metal that we had just taken off the house because we were doing some painting. And they were sitting on top of this little miniature recliner that was like a pin cushion. So there's that and a bottle of Elmer's glue. That's how well I remember this. It's sitting on top of it. She's going through this prayer. I'm sitting in a chair right next to her. We're probably eight feet away from this television. And I'm drawing, and she's on the prayer line. And all of a sudden, this chair that was sitting on top, this decoration, pops up probably a foot and a half, two foot in the air, and just lands in the floor and everything that was in it scattered. This wasn't it fell off. This was it popped in the air. We looked at each other as to say, did we both just see this? And we both did. And she abruptly hung up the prayer line. And from that point on, there was just instance after instance in this house over about a five or six year period. Don't you believe, I know there are going to be people that are skeptical. They're Mm -hmm. always going to be skeptics. But if you've had an experience like that or you've done anything, I mean, it's hard not to believe that Mm -hmm. something else is going on, right? Yes. Yes. And skeptics are fine. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of instances. You know, I I shot a story years ago. We were over in um, a very old cemetery here in Lexington, and we came back with some video that had some unexplained orbs in it. Mm -hmm. And you can say that it was lighting. You can say whatever. But it was that night. I remember it very specifically. It was very odd. Um, and just the feeling we had when we came back. And then I did a story on a teen medium years ago, also in my hometown. And I remember going into a place that, uh, you know, I said to be haunted for years. And some of the things that she felt and she told me, and I thought, I, I believe, I believe, oh you know, I, you know, so I understand where the popularity of what you guys are doing and mm-hmm. what people, they just, they really get into it for mm-hmm. sure. Tracy, what do you all get out of it when you, at the end of the day, after an episode airs and you start to get the um, feedback from it? Well, honestly, I've cried over this many times in a live show because <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable how many nice people we have met have come to us for help and you know we have a a group on um facebook that people go if they're having issues Mm -hmm. they know they can talk to anybody in there we give our phone number out but it's just knowing that everybody's so nice and tells us we make a difference and at the beginning i'm like what are y'all talking about or like you know when somebody would see me and they would go oh my gosh you know and i'm like Looking behind me, like, what are you, you know, I just, it's just unbelievable mm-hmm. to me is what I'm saying. Sure. Um, we feel, you know, we're very humbled. And to me, that's the biggest part. I mean, me and him get to spend a lot of time together doing the show, which is awesome. Because honestly, when I started the show, I never really thought too much about it. But now that I look back in the past, some things that have happened, I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what if that's what that was? And it, man, I have, I've had a bunch of stuff, you know, come up and, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I say, I feel like we're all one big family now and we all love and support each other. And to me, that's the best part. If we didn't talk about anything else, that's the one thing that I love the most. Yeah. You all have been around since what, 2016? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little over three years. Yeah. Yeah. What made you finally kind of pull the trigger and say, I'm going to do this. Let's try it. Because it's kind of scary, even for somebody like me that that works in TV every day, sitting down behind a mic and figuring out who I'm going to talk to or what I'm going to talk to. It can be a daunting task. So Mm -hmm. I I wondered what kind of made you go for it. 
I was a stand-up comedian for 12 years. Uh-huh. Used, used to being behind a mic, and, and anybody who tells you that they do stand-up comedy for anything other than the attention is completely wrong because there's there's a little bit of ego, if, if not a lot of ego, that's put into that. And, uh, you know, there's an enjoyment you get from being on the stage and getting the feedback from, from the audience and all that. And it got old after a while. I definitely wanted out of it. And I would get out of it two or three times just because you get tired of the others. You know, people don't realize when you're in comedy, there's a lot of work behind the scenes to set shows up to make sure people come out. It's a lot of pressure. And if it's the way you're trying to make your living, it's extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. And it, luckily for me, that's not how I had to make a living. I could, you know, eventually at one point I was doing that. But eventually I just went to, hey, it's more fun as a hobby. And uh, we would set all these shows up. And I would say, you know what, I'm tired of doing this, I'm done. And then I would get the itch again, I guess. And I found out about podcasts. I started listening to a couple. We found a husband and wife team from uh, Real Ghost Stories Online out of Missouri. And I was like, you know what, I think I could do this. And this could replace the thrill of doing something and still, you know, even though it's not live, you know, we could do this. And uh, a gentleman I worked with, Ricky, we always talked about the paranormal. And, I, and I, it was no doubt that's what I was going to do it on. As soon as I made up my mind, we're going to do a podcast. It's going to be on the paranormal. I talked to Ricky and uh, we, we set it up. And within two weeks, I had the microphone and stuff. Everything I bought was wrong. All the equipment I bought was wrong. <laughs> I, I'm I right knew, there with you. I we knew, did the same thing. I, so, knew, yeah, I knew nothing. It <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, literally, it was it was no thought process at all. I mean, it, from the time I, I thought, you know, I want to do it. Just to even the inkling, two weeks later, we had equipment and was doing it. That's so, awesome. And it hit right at the time I had open heart surgery. We actually did one episode, and then I found out I had about open heart surgery. So that was on a Tuesday that I had the surgery. So that Sunday, Ricky and I did two episodes. So we could do that Sundays and the Sunday after. and then I, But we never skipped a beat, never missed a show. Well, we're glad you're doing well, <laughs> first of all, with that. And glad that the podcast has taken off. Let's talk about some of your all's favorite, uh, favorite episodes, favorite stories, things that really get you going when you talk about paranormal and ghost and crazy activity. Well, I think my, my favorite ghost story of all time is The Bell Witch. Um, I just think it's it, there's so much documentation that went on from everybody from Andrew Jackson down to just, you know, all the people in the family. There was a whole cemetery that witnessed stuff, you know, during funerals. And I just think it's the it's the most believable story out there just because of all the witnesses. So that's always been my favorite paranormal story. OK, Tracy, do you have one? I mean, I know this isn't your total world and your total passion, but you've kind of fallen into it. So has mm-hmm. there been one that's kind of been wow? That's crazy. Well, a, a lot for me is the rock and roll occult thing because I'm like, what the heck? Like Hotel California, we did a story on that. And now if you listen to the words. Yeah, we broke down the lyrics. About, you're like, oh, my gosh, I've been singing this song and it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I like those a lot. I'm not big on the um True crime. True crime. Mm-hmm. They rip my heart out. I right. cannot. There's no way. I don't see how. I mean, people do them. People love them. Mm-hmm. I just cannot. Sure. It just. I can't. And so. we don't. We don't do a lot of true oh, yeah, crime. Like maybe we like what two or three maybe. Well, like there's that. probably closer to about seven or eight. Oh. But if we do true crime, there's some kind of a creepy aspect to it. Like mm-hmm. we did H.H. H. Holmes mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. So that that one's just creepy because you know he's literally built a murder castle where yeah. he killed people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and you know and we've done. Um, um, the Chicago Ripper crew, 
you know, that they were some uh, satanic rituals and stuff in, involved in that. And then the West Memphis Three, same mm. thing, satanic, possible satanic sure. rituals. So that if we do one, it's usually got something to do with that or voodoo. or So there's a creepy aspect to it. The story we did, one of my, actually, it's one of my favorites now that we're on that subject. It was uh, um, the Zach and Addie story oh, yeah. from New Orleans mm-hmm. because that was, uh, you know, briefly a, a story where he was a veteran from the, from the Iraq. Uh, during the Iraq wars and, and, you know, this was during hurricane Katrina and mm-hmm. him and her decided to stay put. She was a bartender. He was a bartender. That's how they met. They stayed, they weighed out the, the, the storm, even when everything was condemned and shut down there. And then eventually he just snapped somehow and he ended up killing her and putting her in an oven and then committed suicide. And, you know, but they were over top of a voodoo chapel when mm-hmm. all this happened and when they were, you know, living there. And it's it's just a crazy story. And and the oddest thing about that story, at, at the end, at the end we talked about there was a witness, there was a big documentary that came out on it. One of the main witnesses, she ended up committing a similar crime where her and her boyfriend went out and they found a uh, an exotic dancer there in town. Mm-hmm. They disappeared. They ended up, you know... Um, killing her and dismembering her, getting rid of her. And we told that story, and we didn't touch on it. Now, this this shows you the strength of, of what can happen if you're not careful. We tell that story, and I touched on the young lady. I gave her name on, mm-hmm. on who, was, who was killed, and I kind of let it go. And about a week later, we got a message from her brother, the victim's brother, telling us how hurtful it was that we did this story, that we rehashed that whole thing, and him and his mom had to... We never even thought about mm-hmm. the implications when that we're just telling the story. Or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So now we pretty bad. much we pretty much don't cover anything no. like that unless mm-hmm. it's hundred years ago when nobody's around that's mm-hmm. that's still a member of that family. But that's just something we didn't think about. Yeah. Who would have thought that that victim's brother would have heard that episode? You well, know? it's amazing the power of what we do and the right. power of just you know people sharing and, and mm-hmm. it just being out there. And I think that's probably. A learning lesson that all of us that either do news or do yeah. podcasting, you, mm-hmm. you kind of learn those things and you realize it's easy to sit behind a mic and, and tell the story, but you forget there's somebody yeah. on the other side. And I think all of us have been there. So yeah, we felt you live so, and learn. so bad. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was just, we were really apologetic mm-hmm. and he was very sweet about it. And so I, you know, I understand you probably didn't know. And, and I know that had to be hurtful for him, but when you go, like we were there, Mm-hmm. And we went into the house they were lived in, and it just breaks your heart. Wow. I mean, it's just like, you know. Well, on a flip side, because I do have a lot of other things I want to talk to you about, but I think this is a good place to talk about also the power of what you're doing, because this is um, obviously for entertainment and for people to listen, but there's a serious side of what you do. And Tracy, you kind of you kind of mentioned this, but you guys have created a community for people that if they are struggling with anything really, but you really are doing your part to bring attention to mental health and awareness for people. How did that come about with this podcast? It's twofold. We did uh, a story on the Japanese suicide forest and I thought it was important since we were doing that story to put something at the beginning uh, you know, about if you're struggling or something like that, since it was on topic. But then from that time on, we decided we wanted to do it on a regular basis because in 2001, I actually attempted suicide. And luckily, it didn't work. And, you know, I, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel back then. But now it's like my life couldn't be better. And everything that's happened, you know, in the last 
18 years wouldn't have happened if I'd have been successful. And I felt like that we had a platform where we were getting 30,000 people listening a week. And if we could say something that somebody needed to hear, why not use it for that? So, yeah, we start off telling ghost stories and stuff, and that's fun, but we have the ability to reach a lot of people. So why not add, you know, even if it's just a minute mm-hmm. of each show to let people know that they have people who care. And and even if you don't know these people, you know, you can be a complete stranger and somebody care that you exist. Mm-hmm. Tracy, there's probably no doubt that you probably have helped save some lives or help people get the help that they need, mm-hmm. right? I certainly hope so. We have had a lot of people say, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, I would have ended things or just something that you said made me stop and think and it's just mind blowing mm-hmm. that, you know, and if that's all we ever get out of this thing, God bless. Because like I said, I love everybody. Mm-hmm. So I just want everybody to be happy and know that they can reach out to us. Like I said, we gave our phone numbers. It doesn't matter. I said, if it's in the middle of the night, I don't care. Call me. So we've had a lot of people thank wow. us for that. Good. So Well, it's amazing to think about strangers mm-hmm. coming together, listening over, you know, whatever their listening device happens mm-hmm. to be, mm-hmm. that you really can touch people and that those people can connect. You know, you just never know those connections that other people make. Mm-hmm. So the, we, we, and then we got an opportunity. We did a live show in uh, Kansas, in Atchison, Kansas. We got to spend a night in the infamous Sally House up there. And... So we had a special visitor to come that's from the area, but there, there's a mother, actually, we was on her podcast last night, but the, the mother said, hey, you, this goes back now about two years, mm-hmm. but she was like, you know, my daughter's been through a lot of trauma. She's been through some family ordeals to where there was um, uh, people taking liberties with her within the family, and it took her, this went on for years, she finally came out about it. And she was struggling, struggling with uh, contemplating suicide, struggling Mm -hmm. with just how to deal in everyday life. And she said that she got a lot of inspiration from us. And she now went to Oxford University as a Rhodes Scholar. And, you know, this has all been in the last three years. And she decided that when when we were going to come to Kansas, since that's where her mom lives, she wanted to come back. So she flew back in August specifically to come see us for a live event there. Kudos to you guys. Wow. (laughs) It is, it's beyond cool. And that actually gives me the cold chills. Not even, you know, even when we talk about the scary stuff, that's what gives me the goosebumps because that's pretty special. It is. It's really, it is really great. You know, mom just kept thinking, it's like, you just don't know. You just don't know. And we're like, oh my gosh. We've also had a listener that from South Africa that flew in uh, to Lexington and met with us at a coffee shop. Then they came to our Philadelphia show He's having a double organ transplant. He's got to have a, uh, I think it's a liver and a uh, double lung transplant. So that's what they were over here for that and telling us how much we helped them. And so they wanted to meet us when we were here. So we made sure that that happened. Yeah, they're wow. so sweet. And the day that we did the Philadelphia show, which was just what the, earlier yes. this month, mm-hmm. um, so she flew in from England that day and had just gotten off the plane for that show. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Yeah, yeah it drives us. It's, nice. it's, it's, you know, and you think about, you're just, you know, right here, little old Lexington, yeah. but you've made your mark on the world. Um, well, let's talk about Kentucky because I know that you all do, you know, Southern stories and that kind of thing, but what's your favorite Kentucky 
ghost story. Do you have one? That one's tough. It is tough. It is tough. Kentucky's like a mecca for that kind of stuff. You know, we did a uh, an article. There's a um, online newsletter called The Lineup, and they had us write an article on our like eight Kentucky places. And it's like it was hard just to narrow it down to eight. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess you gotta almost go with Waverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, we we go there every single year. Do we do a live show and then go out for a tour there every April? Uh, but Bobby Mackey's is right up there mm-hmm. where we also do a show inside Bobby Mackey's because that's that's our two favorites. But mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of hidden gems out there. Uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery is a great one if people mm-hmm. are in the area and want to go to Frankfurt and take a tour. It's it's an awesome place. Uh, Octagon Hall, which is uh, Bowling Green area is really cool. It's got a cool backstory. It's actually shaped just like an octagon, but back in the 1800s, there was a little girl who got too close to the fireplace, dress caught on fire. She burnt up, unfortunately, and uh, she haunts the place, so they've got a lot of cool stories there. Uh, just It's just all over the place. It's nothing but story after story. Old Louisville is, is you know, everything from the witch tree that's down there, oh, several yeah. haunted houses and mansions. Yeah. Old Louisville, uh, Louisville has the, the distinction of having two actual neighborhoods um which is uh what's the one right there off of uh by the zoo um where the uh the mine or the camp taylor camp taylor yeah camp taylor and old louisville are both haunted neighborhoods the entire neighborhood's haunted and so most i think that's the only city that has two neighborhoods that can even say that so it's really cool wow ain't man there's so many things. There yeah. are so many things. Did you grow up watching scary movies? Oh, yeah. Of course you did. That's oh, a yeah. dumb question. Top one on the list? Exorcist. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. That was a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick answer. That's that my very, favorite movie of all disturbing. time. Tracy, I'm going to peg you as someone that it was not a huge scary movie lover, no, right? Uh-uh. Yeah. I have to force her to the ones we go to today. You and I are probably in the same category. Mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus no, is where my, I go for You that's have no girl. idea. That's my girl. That's what I, I figured that about. was going to hurt his feelings, but I <laughs> felt like you and I might connect on Hocus we Pocus. We certainly do. I don't like that scary stuff. We went Actually, we went to a haunted house at a... Eastern Pen- State Penitentiary yeah. up in Philadelphia. Yeah. And let me tell you, that was that was crazy. <laughs> Enough for you to be like mm. It was so I mean, it was really, really cool, but poor Jerry, I think I probably had his arm ripped halfway off of him by the time we got out of there. Well I'm checking, they're both still attached, <laughs> so he, he's good. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm just not big on him. I could have been one of the props by the end of it. Oh yeah, you could have. <laughs> I would imagine, though, I mean, this is just something that is so popular. I mean, it is, it's its own kind of cult world, if you will, um, mm-hmm. for just, and you could break it down, I guess, into so many different uh, areas and genres, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What I think's amazing about, and like I said, it's, I, I have to focus on what she said earlier, humbling, because we don't think for a second that we're celebrities or anything, oh, Lord, but, no. but people, when they come to us, I mean, they're like sometimes shaking their... <laughs> Um, tell her about the, the young lady up in um, um, Point Pleasant. Oh, yeah. She was just <laughs> like she, her boyfriend actually came back and said um, she really wants to talk to you, but she is so scared. And, you know, and he kept on walking. It's sort of like one of those things. And I was just like, wait, what? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, I can't believe you're at the door taking money. And I'm like, <laughs> It's just, it just, it's bizarre. Yeah. And she, she came back in and I said her name and I was like, 
oh, I just wanted to thank you because they like drove from Michigan or somewhere. I was like, I just wanted to thank you for traveling so far. And she just was like, you know, like shaking. She goes, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, bless your heart. I said, you were the sweetest thing. That's amazing. So that just... It just fills my heart yeah. so much. When, yeah. That's we, a good feeling. Oh, when, it is a good when feeling. When we do these live events, we have people on average come from 13 states. Wow. The, and it just crazy. blows yeah. us away that anybody would just get in the car and drive eight or nine hours or somebody would, buy, you know, we, we did a show in, here in Lexington, the only one we've ever done. And we had a gentleman fly in from uh, like the Seattle, Washington area. And and it's like, I just it just blows me away. And then, you know, the people we get to talk to, on a regular basis. I mean, you know, we're at an event with Nick Groff from Ghost Adventures, and it's like, that's, what? Nick, that's yeah. Nick Groff. Mm-hmm. You know, but, and, and he's just talking to us like we're, you know, one of them, and we just don't feel like that, no, that sure that's no. us. But, it's, I mean, like on our show, we've talked to Andrea Perrin, who The Conjuring was based on off of, uh, Chad Lindbergh, who was Jesse from The Fast and the Furious, but, you know, a paranormal investigator. Of course, uh, Amy Burney and, and uh, uh, Adam from, from Kindred Spirits, we've talked to them. Grant Wilson's been on the show. So we get all these people, and, and you know, we're like, these are people that we see in the movies and on TV, and we're able to just talk to them and text them. And, and it's just, it just we, every day we have to pinch ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And we should say that you both have day jobs. I mm-hmm. mean, this is, this is like kind of your also side gig, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite place that you have been able to visit, not necessarily to do one of your shows, but just one of those places that was on your bucket list to go see what it's all about. I got to do three of them in the okay. same day. Oh, big bucket list item. When we went to Philadelphia, I got to go to Eastern State Penitentiary, which for those who don't know, it was pretty much the idea came up was came up by Benjamin Franklin. This thing looks like a gothic castle, and it's got horrible stories you can read up oh, on it or listen to our good. episode on it. Okay. But um, we got to go to that. We got to go to Penhurst school um earlier that day and do a just a private tour we had to place all to ourselves and then i got to go to see the infamous rocky steps at the uh art museum there in philadelphia oh he tried to run up them. i was gonna ask he died. He did tried. we run he got up did about we... five and then he fell and did a whole thing i have a video <laughs> it's on video okay at least it's documented uh guys where can people find you um a to listen to the podcast but then also to keep up with you if they want to see where your next live show is going to be hillbillyhorrorstories.com is the the see all for merchandise to see our new shows we haven't put the new shows up yet but i can tell you next year it's gonna be awesome we're doing a show in savannah charleston gettysburg inside bobby mackey's louisville then we're doing a waverly hills tour afterwards and many, many more. Uh, Indianapolis. Was, so trust me, there's going to be tons of uh, fun places to do shows that are destinations. Pigeon Forge. We did that. This could be like Pigeon Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the best place. Uh, Facebook, you can find us. If you Google us, you'll find all that. Sure. We're available on every platform to listen to. But if you go to Facebook, go to Hillbilly Horror Stories group. It's going to ask you some questions to get in. Just put in the Amber Phil Pot or you can put in WKYT. You don't have to listen to the show. Sure. We use that group specifically. There's some podcast stuff in it, but for the most part, it's a support group. Mm. It is a closed group where if you don't feel like you have somebody you can talk to about uh, some issues or, or maybe you feel like you just need somebody to talk to because you're depressed, come in there. Feel free. Just If you just 
roam around in there if you don't want to say anything right off the bat and just look and see if somebody says, hey, I'm having a problem, I just lost my job, this and that, you will have 30 people reply with some encouragement within five minutes. Wow. And that's what that's for. When we started that group, it was specifically for that. You can go to our regular page if you want to see podcast stuff or shows and all that, and we put some of that in there. But that that group is primarily not for the show, but for you, the listeners. Awesome. And if you're not a listener, that's fine, too. We welcome you. We just want to help out if you need somebody to talk to. Guys, you all are doing something amazing. I mean, you record right out of your bedroom at home, and you're touching people around the world, both with some entertainment, but also with some real-world stuff. So kudos to you guys. I can't say that enough. Um, Got big plans for Halloween? Did you people that live in this world all the time even... (laughs) Get crazy about Halloween, or is it just oh, another? Yeah. No, okay, no, just it's check like it. it's like a second Christmas. Yeah. So, uh, we don't have any big plans though. We've been traveling so much this sure. month. I mean, we went to New York, we went to Philadelphia, we went to Point Pleasant. But we are going to. Um, uh, yeah, we we're going to Bardstown. Uh, Bardstown at the Talbot Tavern, also another one of those great uh, haunted places, right next to the Jailers Inn, also haunted. We um, we do a give back show there, so we don't charge admission. We don't get any kind of tickets. We were invited to be a guest, oh. and the very first live show we ever did was there over mm-hmm. two years ago, and we wouldn't have even had the idea to do live shows if they hadn't invited us out. And we were like, man, you know what? Uh, they wanted us to come back out, so we do it for free as a uh, as a thank, thank you, you to them. Mm-hmm. This place is really cool too. Awesome. If you ever get over that way, you okay. need to check it out. Awesome. Well, we will do that. Give them a listen. They're Hillbilly Horror Stories, Jerry and Tracy Pauley. Guys, thank you all so much, and happy Halloween to oh, you. Thank, thank you. you for having us. <laughs>